Start a new transition in life, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing, or creating a brand new life. Be with us in Panta Kalhor Transition Channel. Episode 54, Job Reinvented Show. From pelvic floor dysfunction to hypopressive instructor with Trista Zin, personal trainer. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book, Moods of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams. Sometimes trauma and going through healing journey would help you to discover something inside you. Like our today's guest, Trista Zin, who was diagnosed with stage two prolapse, but healed after discovering a new path. Trista Zinn is a personal trainer based in Toronto who specializes in pelvic floor health and core reprogramming. She's Canada's highest qualified and most experienced trainer in hypopressive technique. The only one with master level status and is a certified course instructor with, for hypopressive training. I am so happy to have you here. Welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. You have a very impressive um, topic and your story really touched me <laughs> that you, you could heal yourself with a new path and going this uh, true hypopressive. I've never heard about this technique, so I really wish to know about it and know about your story first. Yes. Sure. Sure. So um, I'm a personal trainer. I've been in the fitness industry for close to 28 years. Just to give you a little bit of background. I'm a mom. I have a 19 year old and a 14 year old. And, um, I was 42 when I found out that I had was told that I had this uh, bladder prolapse. So a cystocele stage two. And for those who don't know what prolapse is, um, it's when the organs, the bladder, uterus, urethra, rectum, start to descend through the vaginal canal. They're no longer being supported optimally, and your body's not able to possibly manage the pressures of everyday living. And so eventually it starts to descend. So there's different grades. Um, mine was still internal, and it was the bladder. You can have just one organ that descends, or you can have more than one organ. Uh, when you find out you have this, um, it's a very emotional piece of information because it is in, a, in an intimate part of your body. It's harder to talk to people about it. I am a runner, cyclist, cross-country skier. I work out all the time. So it wasn't easy like some of the other injuries maybe that I've had when I can kind of vent and explain to people like, oh, I'm not running because of my knee or something. I have to swim. But this was something that I... I felt at the time, I really didn't know who I wanted to tell, you know, like I, I wasn't sure it was very foreign. And um, I had just been at a public floor Pilates course, actually, a couple of weeks before where I'd seen what prolapses look like on the big screen. And I learned more about the percentage of um, women who have pelvic floor dysfunction, incontinence, etc. So desperately afraid of it getting worse and um you become mentally consumed by 
this information and what to do with it and how to breathe. How do I stand desperately not wanting to make it worse? And you are consumed really by what's going on in that part of your body all the time. And um, so I guess there's a, a process where like many things, you go through the anger piece, you go through the depression, there's a lot of crying, you go through the piece where it's like, okay, it's okay, it's me, it's all my kids, it's uh, not fatal, you know, like, so this process, thinking process, you go through your mind. And then I guess there was a point where I thought, okay, you know what, I am not letting this define me. And I'm not going to let this uh, limit what I can or can't do. And although um, I was told surgery back then might be my only chance to help restore things, that was not an option that I was happy with. And I had found out about this hypopressive technique. It was not in North America at the time. It was uh, predominantly Spanish-speaking countries. Uh, so everything on social media, what there was back then, it isn't nearly the amount that there is now on hypopressives, but it was Spanish-speaking. And no, hablo español? No, no, not at all. <laughs> Maybe a teeny little bit now, but not much. No. So I like, watched and watched and tried to emulate what I saw, which I really don't recommend people do now because I've seen it done incorrectly. But um, I caught on to it. And for some reason, uh, I was able to do it, this unique breathing pattern, etc. And within two weeks, I went back to the pelvic floor physiotherapist and she couldn't believe that my stage two had now gone to a stage one and my pelvic floor tone was starting to normalize, et cetera. And that's where I thought, oh my God, I got to figure out where I can learn this as a personal trainer. Like, can I bring this back to North America? Even if I can help a certain percentage of the population that might respond the way I was responding, how can I not bring it here? So I sought out Kaisa, who was the only English-speaking instructor at the time in Banyole, Spain. She kindly um, uh, dedicated the weekend and taught me the level one. There'd only been one other level one English course taught before that. So I was just starting into the English stream. It was in the UK where the first course was taught. And she taught me privately the level one. I came back. Now I knew exactly the details of the postures and the poses, et cetera. And after this certain couple of weeks, um, I went back to the pelvic health physio and the prolapse was gone. And she was like, oh my God, like, I don't see anything. <laughs> so it was like uh, an awesome piece of information, of course, because also back then when I found out that I had the cystocele, I was told, um, back then in 2012, they were telling you to stop doing all your exercises. So they told me to stop running, stop cycling, stop strength training. So anything that I would have done to help me emotionally cope with the fact that my organs were descending, I also was told not to do. So which contributed, of course, to that whole emotional piece, I'm quite sure. Um, but after I found out that it was no longer there, it basically started a whirlwind of travel uh, back and forth to Spain because, um, well, how am I going to help as many people as I can? I have to train the professionals, the fitness and health professionals, so now they can use it as a tool with their clients and their patients. 
So I went back and forth and back and forth a number of times to get myself to master level, to get myself to become a qualified course instructor. And now I teach the courses across Canada. I've taught a couple in the U.S., um, but I won't be going to the U.S. anytime soon. So now they're in Canada and I've taught a number of virtual courses. Clients I've seen virtually one-to-one for personal. So I see clients on a Monday to Thursday basis that are... Um, looking for hypopressives for personal reasons. And the personal clients I've been training around the globe virtually since 2012 for those who weren't near a qualified instructor who could give them the hands-on. So this whole pandemic thing was a smooth transition for me and that I was able to, um, yeah, just start seeing most of my clients virtually, the odd one at the clinic, but... So yes. this hypopressive, uh, what is this exactly? I mean, what, what do you exactly do? <laughs> okay, so first of all, it's, it's a core restoration and maintenance program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a postural and respiratory technique that takes a full body approach to core and pelvic health. Yeah, so the core, if we're thinking about the core, we have to think about what are the functions of the core? right? What is it there for? Our core is responsible for uh, sexual function. It's responsible for maintaining continence, both fecal incontinence and urinary incontinence. Yeah. It's a support system for our organs, our internal organs. What about fertility? What about which? Fertility. Oh, well, I think that if there's, with regards to fertility, I don't, not a specialist in that area, but if there would be scar tissue or um, fascial restrictions or anything like this, this gets a deep myofascial decontraction um, within the core, right? So it's deeper than a massage would be because it's happening from the inside. Um, the core is also responsible for digestion, circulation, speech, yeah, and to balance and counterbalance uh, increases in pressure. And we live on a planet with gravity. So everything we do from sitting to standing to walking, coughing, working out, all increases intra-abdominal pressure. So you, and then that whole unit, this system, so if we're looking at the core, you know, we're looking at this respiratory diaphragm this pelvic diaphragm or pelvic floor, the transverse abdominals, the deepest abdominal muscles and the multifidus in the back. So this canister, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to work. This canister is supposed to work synergistically as a unit without us thinking about it. Yeah. So hmm, how do you train a group of muscles that's supposed to work together as a unit in an automatic anticipatory way without actually voluntarily contracting them, thinking, oh yeah, engage, oh yeah, engage, right? Because that's not really how they're supposed to work. So this technique involves a series of postures and poses and movements that help to create this reaction, an automatic reaction within the core, not only with the postures, but with this unique breathing technique, which I'm not gonna demo here, but you can look it up on my website if you like, um, where you get this uh, vacuum effect, if you will, which decongests the pelvic cavity, draws everything inwards and upwards, and decreases pressure, 
in the abdominal and pelvic cavity. So, and it recruits the deepest uh, muscle fibers, the ones that are responsible for core function, predominantly the tonic type one muscle fibers and ones responsible for resting tone, et cetera. And so it's not only um, recruiting these, this muscle group, this core muscle group with this abdominal vacuum maneuver, if you will, but also with these series of postures and poses all create a reaction. You can do the breathing technique, sure, on your own without any poses, you'll get some results. But if you're going to go and do your regular activities and you're going to push the crochet cart like this, or you're not going to be sitting up, you know, depending on how you're moving, um, you're not going to reap the same rewards. You need something that maintains this alignment of the respiratory diaphragm, pelvic diaphragm, so they can function optimally together. I don't know if that's too much detail. Like there's a lot to the technique. No, so. that was beautiful. Actually, I, I never heard about this. And I was thinking maybe I have to do more research to see yeah. if it's good for fertility healing as well. <laughs> because I have a, uh, I have a coaching um, business that I'm helping women with fertility. And these are yeah. good to know. Maybe it can help as well. Because it, as you said, it helps uh, sexual power as well. Yeah. So probably it should be uh, effective for... Because it improves circulation there as well, right? Yeah. And the other, there's another really nice component to it that... Um, there's a really nice mindfulness component to it because mm -hmm. you're in these poses... And you're aware proprioceptively of where you are in space. You're doing this rhythm breathing and you move seamlessly from one posture and pose to the next. So it's, it's great. A lot of people come to me with this specific goal in mind, but because that goal involves a piece of the core that maybe was their weak link. Yeah. That caused this dysfunction, whether it was abdominal hernias, uh, incontinence, uh, vaginal prolapse, et cetera they come to see me for this, but when we're working with the core, then all of these other things start to snowball in a positive direction. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, kind of feels like I'm walking taller. I can breathe better and digestion is better. Their bowel movements improve all of these sort of things. So, um, it wouldn't surprise me if it would benefit, uh, those, who are seeking out, yeah, fertility options to incorporate this. But I, I don't know for sure. I haven't. That needs to be researched. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> but I can see the results on you. You are fantastic. I mean, very fit and great. I, I can feel the energy and you are so passionate and full of energy. I love it. It's Thank you. <laughs> good. So what are the you know, five, let's say three, just limited to three, three most important factors to be successful as an entrepreneur? As an entrepreneur. So you definitely have to be passionate yes. about what you're doing. You have to be very patient, I think. And you have to... Um, uh, I think non nonstop believing in yourself that you can make it happen. So even when you hit these road bumps, you're like, you just got to keep going and see other opportunities ahead, seek other paths and yeah, persevere. 
because things happen. Yeah. And you just have to keep talking, positive talk, positive self-talking. I think, um, yeah, that's what worked for me. I, the industry has changed in that I used to, uh, well, my personal training, I used to do more of the traditional uh, training. Yeah. Uh, exercise techniques that you'd see in the gym, strength training, et cetera. But since this happened, I streamlined myself and I actually only see clients for hypopressives. I don't see, teach any traditional uh, type exercises at all, unless they're sort of moving back into that direction. I can guide them, but then I would like to refer them to someone who's, that's their area of expertise. And they work with them there when I network with those uh, trainers, as well as networking with the pelvic health PTs, because I think they're also a really important piece of this puzzle. And I don't do internal work. So I like to network a lot with the pelvic health professionals who can give me the internal perspective. And then I see the full body and the external and we network and work together that way. So I changed my whole way of, yeah, doing business just to hypopressives and then teaching the courses. So another question just popped in my mind. Do you actually see your clients one by one or you have group class? I see them one to one first. I do have some group classes, but I need them to get to a point where then they can be taught as a group. I like to see them first so then I can help guide them personally on their personal needs. Um, really zone in and take a look at how they're breathing, how they're standing, optimize that, teach them this part of the technique. And then once they have that concept, then I'm like, okay, now you're ready for a class. Let's get a couple of people together. And I do virtual classes. Um, I teach a workshop. I've got a couple of workshops coming up. They're two hour workshops geared to general public that just give you a taste of what the hypopressives is about. So I talk a little bit about the core um, I introduce the breathing piece for them to try. They try a couple of poses, but then really I say it's ideal if then you can work with me or another qualified trainer one-to-one to make sure that you're starting this exactly how it should be done. Yeah. So then I, yeah, so I see clients that are one-to-one and I do the, do some. So what do you do right now with the COVID situation? Well, I've been seeing, I've been seeing clients via Skype and Zoom since 2012. So when I couldn't see the clients in Toronto anymore at the clinic, I just moved them to Skype. And I see people literally like Germany, Netherlands, Switzerland, all over the US, like everywhere. I've seen people in Japan. I know someone in Australia used to wake up at 2 a.m. to see me to do the (laughs) session. So um, now we have more qualified instructors that are around the globe, but there are many, many people around the globe. So some of them aren't close enough to qualified instructors. So I see them virtually. So I just easily transitioned everybody to virtual and the class I could do virtually, no problem. The courses, it was an easy transition because I was already used to seeing the clients um, online, right on the screen and watching the details and et cetera. So it was an easy transition for me to then move the courses to virtual. Yeah, for you it was easy. <laughs> yeah. Not for everybody. I can see no. some of an instructor is still struggling because they had the physical place. Yeah. And then they don't know how to meet their clients. 
Yeah. Some of them actually started virtual training, but still uh, lots of them I can see they do training on the street, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not park. in the closed yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, and in the parks. Yeah. Yes. You have to, um, when you train virtually, and especially with this exercise technique, because it's so specific, you have to cue, verbally cue like crazy. Like watching, watching, cueing every detail, thinking of really simple analogies for them to understand how their body's supposed to be, how it's supposed to move. And um, they connect with it. I've been successful. My clients have met with a lot of success virtually. That's why I keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. So you said you've been doing this uh, since 2012? Yes. Yeah. Great. So what are the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs do and then they fail or they give up? The biggest mistakes? Hmm. I think maybe one mistake could be to react too fast, to not pause and respond to a situation. Um, I think could be one mistake. I know sometimes I've been guilty of that. I want to just react. Something's happened and I want to just like, and I have to you know, calm down and just like, let's assess the situation. Like just take a step back, see what's happening in the big picture. Um, of course, I like the analogies. You can't read the label when you're in the jar. So I think it's important to come out of the jar and take a look and see what's going on and then proceed from there. So uh, that would be one mistake. I think um, if you, uh, hmm, I hope I don't know too many mistakes, so I'm just going in the right direction. Uh, yeah, maybe to get frustrated too fast, to not explore new avenues that are out there and try to stick with, yeah, you have to keep evolving. You have to evolve and evolve and evolve and accept this uh process so if you're stuck in the old way and that's you're just doing it this way then i don't think you have the same the opportunity to grow so it means you have to learn consistently constantly learn be open yes. to learn <laughs> exactly. talking to everybody like you have to walk and talk to everyone to find out uh more information yeah and be open to learn and yeah do you have any special program or and your website? If you just um, say your website, it's easier because I'm recording for podcasts as well. Sure. So my the personal website where I see clients on a one-to-one -one basis is coresetfitness.com. So it's C-O-R-E-S-E-T fitness.com. Oh, okay. The one for professionals who might be looking to take the courses, it's hypopressivescanada.com. Mm -hmm. So hypopressives, I don't know if you want me to spell that one or not, is H-Y-P-O-P-R-E-S-S-I-V-E-S.com. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right, do you have any recommendation uh, for whoever wants to start the entrepreneurship in this situation of COVID-19? 
Sorry, repeat that one more time. Do I have any which? And do you have any recommendation for whoever wants to start entrepreneurship in this situation of COVID-19? Um, I think if you can start to work virtually, it's ideal. It doesn't mean you have to stay this direction. If things change, you can change, do a little bit half and half. And I'm um, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> and... Uh, I know that um, Yoga Body put out a really nice, I don't remember the exact location, but it was a really nice um, video that he did that helped you with the virtual piece, how to do the filming, how to have the camera. You don't need anything fancy. I'm trying, I'm trying not to think that I need anything fancy. I'm trying to just get comfortable in the videos and yeah, kind of go from there. So don't, don't wait for years, you know, don't wait for perfection. Just get started. Just start. And then slow. I follow you. I follow yeah. you 100%. Because <laughs> if you are, uh, it's going to be too late if you're going to be perfect and you're going to yeah. miss everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your just passion, don't... your, because when you want to initiate something, you have a lot of passion and this energy helps you to move. But then you're stuck in perfection yeah, you, you, are, you are actually attracted to shiny objects. If I'm doing this, it's better. If I, don't do this. Don't compare yourself with other people. You just start. And as soon as you start, gradually you get there. Everything yeah. is going to be better, more comfortable, you know, and easier to implement. Yeah. And I, I do remember him saying that in this video that, you know what? The people who are watching the videos, they're there for the lesson. They want to listen to you and what you have to say. They don't care what your background is. It doesn't have to be nice. It doesn't have to be pretty. They're listening for you, the information that they can um, acquire, how they can learn from you. Don't always, you don't always have to look for the perfect background scenario, as you can see, <laughs> like in my daughter's room, because it was the best room tonight for this uh, talk. So you just find find what works and go with it. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing to have you in this interview because it's not only about the job, entrepreneurship, but uh, lots of inspiration for wh whoever is struggle with PTSD or even uh, health issues. This is really inspiring that you found a way and you listen to your heart that this diagnosis is not you. That's, that's the point I always tell my clients for the fertility. I tell them if you are diagnosed with unexplained infertility, this is not the ultimate diagnosis. You should listen to your heart and uh, work with your body and you you have to align your mind and body as you said because as i figure out this uh, method you're talking about is it's real it really works with mind and body yes it's not only body so you go through the whole system and you calm down your body and then go through other movements and your fitness Yes. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. This is true. <laughs>
All right. Thank you so much, Trista. I really enjoyed that. And I learned so much from you. Thank you very much for having me. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah.